Hey guys, my name's Ben, Ben Woodfield. I'm doing the talk today at Christ Church. It's really good to be with you. But first, I just wanna invite you into my home. So come and follow me. This is our house. It's fairly big because it's a typical vicarage. Welcome to our home. Please excuse the mess. And uh, today we're talking about using our home for mission. Hey, Christchurch, Southport, so good to be with you. Um, my name's Ben, Ben Woodfield. Me and my wife, Amy, know Steve and Andrea well. Uh, we've been doing New Wine Summer Conference with them for a few years now, the Impact Venue. Um, um, we live in Bolton. I'm a vicar in the Church of England, and I and Amy lead a church plant called Oldham's Church on Oldham's Estate in Bolton. And I also lead a, a church planting network in the Diocese of Manchester called the Antioch Network. And it's just a real joy to be with you. Um, I've been watching some of your stuff online and it's really, really good to see. And you're doing a sermon series, aren't you, called Home at the moment. And Steve's asked me to talk on using our homes for mission. So I want to start with a question, a question that I'm going to come back to later. We're in lockdown, aren't we? And it's clear that we're not going to go back to church in our buildings for a little while yet. But what if I, what if I ask this question? What if I said that no longer could we use our church buildings anymore? The only buildings we had were our homes. How would you re-envisage using your home for the kingdom and for the church? I'm going to come back to that question in a moment. So maybe just let that question settle with you. Have a think about what that means for you. You see, because the church started in homes, didn't it? We see it in the life of Jesus in people's homes. And our reading from, from the book of Acts sets the way that the church looked for much of its earliest years. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47 they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what they had. That's what they used. Um, it, in fact, throughout the New Testament, homes were used for mission and for church. There's just countless examples of homes being used. Um, and some of us know these, these examples. Acts chapter 12, verse 12, just after Peter has been imprisoned, he comes back um, to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, which was being used as a house of prayer. Acts chapter 16, an amazing lady called Lydia who gets converted to Christ and their whole household. And then their house is used as the church in Philippi. Um, Romans 16 and 1 Corinthians 16, we hear about Priscilla and Aquila, who are missionary co-workers of Paul. And, and it says that they use their home for the church. 
Colossians 4 verses 15, we hear about Nympha, a lady who uses her home for the Laodicean church. And then Philemon and Aphia in Philemon verses 1 and 2 use their house for church. You get the picture. This is how the church started. I want to focus on that reading from 1 Thessalonians 2 verses 7 and 8 that we had read. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. As we just think for a few moments about the idea of opening our homes for mission and for church, there's something that happens when we open our homes. It's a risky, courageous thing to do. And many of us know this because there's something about when we open our homes, we invite people into our lives. And I I want to suggest that when we do that, when we open our homes, something happens. In my experience, it's where the most effective discipleship happens. It's where the most effective evangelism happens. It's the starting point. I want to suggest, for being the radical family of Jesus, his church. It's in our DNA. It's, it, it's been, been in our DNA from the start that there's something about opening our homes for Jesus. It's hard, though, isn't it, in our society, in our Western society. We're taught that our homes are sacred places, and this is a good thing in many ways, that our homes are places of safety and rest and security. But I guess the negative side is that they never get opened up for people. Our homes are our castles, and it's hard to deconstruct that. Um, me and Amy, we've been living on council estates in the northwest of England for just under 20 years now. And in that time, we've tried to see what using our home for mission might look like. And, and I want to share some stories. But as I share those stories, I just want to just put out a health warning. I, I, I don't want you to feel maybe judged by them, thinking, well, I could never do that. I could firstly never live in a place like that, but secondly, never open my home up like that. And I don't want, I don't want you to hear me wrong here. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit as you hear some of these stories, as you hear me share, what does this look like for me? How does this translate into my life? Some of the ideas that I've talked about, you just simply won't be able to do for family reasons for specific needs maybe in your family for the way your home works as well but I want to suggest that there are going to be ways that we can use our homes for mission um, in our 20s we we were part of an Eden project in Manchester living on a council estate and then and Eden is, has a particular focus on young people and so I remember we would use our, our lounge to do youth alpha courses and, and the heart there was just to introduce young people for many who'd never heard the name of Jesus introduce them to him and, and I remember there was a couple of youth alpha courses we did in our lounge with um, 17 and 18 year old young people and there's one particular youth alpha course we did on a Friday night you know Normally these guys would be out on the streets, they'd most likely be drinking, they'd be up to certain things. But th- this group of young people had a hunger to know who Jesus was. And I remember we'd, 
we'd put our kids to bed and they'd pile in at about half seven and some evenings midnight had passed and they'd still be there and it'd be loads of questioning loads of joking reading the bible but then there was moments where we said let's be silent now and ask the holy spirit to meet us and i remember deep profound encounters with the holy spirit in our lounge and in the last six years we've been in bolton we've planted a church in bolton on an estate there and um and we've seen god do some beautiful things in and through our church um many people come to christ and give their lives to him and um you know as a church community now we we gather and there's around 60 to 70 of us many of which are are new converts to christ but um and often people come to us and say well you know they look at our church and think well i I could never do anything like that you know what what on earth how on earth could i do something like that we started our church in our front room within a week of being there we gathered a small group of people another family and a couple of old ladies and we said let's become family together let's learn to get to know one another let's eat food and let's pray as a group and we did that for about 18 months every week and then time progressed and, and the lord asked us to do different things and one of those things was um there was a couple of people where you look at why did jesus die um, and this guy sean he was one of our first alpha attendees he had a powerful encounter with the love of god expressed on the cross in jesus and he just said i, I get it i get what this christianity thing is all about I, I get that because of what jesus did on the cross i'm forgiven and i can turn to him and have a new life and i can also forgive those who've hurt me and th- and that would be the point at which sean said he encountered christ and gave his life to him that was on a sofa in our front room not at some big event, although those events are really important. Not at some highly organised, highly expensive um, event in a church building. That those events are really important. In a front room, in front of a telly with a brew in his hand, sat on a sofa, expecting to meet Jesus. And so now, since then, all of our Alpha courses have been in our homes. Now we have family Bible study. In our in our house where we just all ages all abilities cram into our into our lounge and and study the study the scriptures open house is something we do we we say as a church that once a week we should be in someone's home and um, gathering around food just hanging out as the, the family of jesus and um at the moment that's done in our house because it's it's a fairly big house it's a vicarage and there's there's something that happens when we use our homes i want to suggest where we invite people into our lives. Like Paul says in that reading, 1 Thessalonians 2, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And let me reiterate, how does this look for you? It might not look like it looks for us. It might look very different. You need to translate this. And just a, a, another side note, boundaries are really important when we're using our homes. Um, and boundaries are both important but personal. So you need to work out what is what is unacceptable and what do I not want to happen in my house. So for us, um, uh, 
we put particular boundaries in place and, and alongside boundaries is safeguarding that needs to be really high up on our list. So for, for, for example, for open house, for us, we have a set of guidelines that people need to adhere to. So as I come to close, a question that we started with, what if our church buildings were no longer being used and all we had was our homes? How could you use your home for the kingdom of Jesus and the church? Another side note here, actually, is often we think, well, this is easy for people who are vicars or maybe full-time paid Christians. Most New Testament examples of people using their homes are people at work. Lydia, for example, was someone who was a businesswoman who used her home. The reality is we're not going to be in our church buildings for a little while yet. Uh, and more likely than anything is that we're going to be allowed to come back as small groups, meeting in small groups. And there is an opportunity there that we can use our homes again for the kingdom. And I want to suggest that there are people crying out for community and connection. Ultimately, those cries are only met in Jesus. And what an opportunity we have here to use our homes not only to share the gospel, but uh, share our own lives with those around us in our communities. Let's just pray for a moment, shall we? Father, thank you that you shared your very self in Jesus with us. You invited us in. If we would turn to you, and receive you and say yes that we become adopted children of God and I ask Holy Spirit you'd help us to know what that means for us and our homes how can we use them for your kingdom Holy Spirit we trust that you will speak to us and show us in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a real pleasure to be with you.